and welcome into another episode of the Walk On Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jason Frill. Kind of alongside of me, Jordan Riddick. Jordan, how you doing today? Jason, I'm doing well. I missed you last week. It was a very sad time by myself, but um, you know we had to get through it. I, everybody knew that uh, you were headed down to your new job in Atlanta, so we wanted to still have a show, but we actually missed the entire show last week because of everything that was going down. So tell us what happened last week. Absolutely. So these past two weeks have been pretty wild for me. Uh, two weeks ago, you noticed that I wasn't on the show. Uh, I was actually on a little bit of a vacation. I was down in Atlanta uh, visiting a friend of mine. He uh, offered to pay for part of my trip, and so I figured might as well make use of that. And so here I am down in Atlanta. I started applying for some jobs just because might as well just apply because I'm out of college and need a job. So I applied for a job on a Friday, heard back on Saturday that they wanted to schedule an interview with me. And so I scheduled an interview for Tuesday after I got home, had another interview on Wednesday, and had a job offer on Wednesday night, accepted the job, and they told me they needed me back down in Atlanta on Monday for my first day. And so these past two Sundays have been absolutely wild for me. Uh, Last week I was traveling, trying to make it down here in time, uh, and it was Father's Day, and so Hmm. uh, we kind of took that week off as well. Yeah. Uh, But So thanks for holding down the fort for me while... My life has been a little hectic. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about the job down there. Uh, Has it been good? It's been, what, a week now since you've been doing it? Yeah, I've been doing it for about a week. Uh, In about, I did five days this past week. My first day was only about an hour long. I'm working six days a week, which is wild. Probably Mm -hmm. not healthy for me. (laughs) But I have probably put in, in the five days between, including traveling and all that kind of stuff, I've probably put in close or upwards of 60 hours in five days Uh, and so i am exhausted uh and it's only week one i'm doing kind of like a street salesman type position okay and so i get i'm getting used to rejection jordan i'm pretty sure that if a girl were to reject me uh anytime soon it wouldn't even face me anymore because i'm so used to it now oh wow i'm sorry that sucks (laughs) It sucks, but you got to do what you got to do. That's right. Maybe once I start seeing paychecks come in, it'll feel a little bit better. But for right now, uh, it's wild. Yeah. But I have had some cool experiences so far. That's good. So tell us, tell us a little bit about. You were mentioning you had a dinner. uh, I think you said last night or the night before. Tell tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So this dinner, uh, they have this dinner every. Every couple of weeks, they call it the Winner's Circle Dinner. Okay. And it's for people who are doing exceptionally well. Uh, they get kind of rewarded with the dinner with, like, the CEOs of the companies, uh, and they get treated out to a nice, fancy dinner. And so somehow in my span of four days, I had impressed my CEO enough to invite me to this dinner, this very exclusive dinner at a fancy Mexican restaurant. Okay. And it was just me and – a couple other employees, and then several millionaires Mm. around the table, including some former NFL players, minor league baseball players. Uh, If you were to play the game, uh, which one of these is not like the other? Just by looking at the table, uh, I would have been the one that was not (laughs) like the other. I was still out of place at that dinner, Uh, but they paid for everything. They ordered about three of everything off the appetizer list, and we just chowed down on all of that, and it was fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, 
awesome fun night, which is kind of making the whole job worth it, though. Jordan, any update on your job search? Uh, no. All right, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's got to be some news, right, Jordan? Even if it's just a rejection letter. No, there's really, there's really nothing. Because people wow. these days during this pandemic don't like to even say no. So it's kind of annoying. I'm, I'm amazed at how terrible people are at emailing. Yeah. Uh, the, you would think people being at home, working on their computers, they would be better at sending emails. Right. Maybe. But they're not. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. But anyway, we're going to jump right into our heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the first one, it's pretty obvious. We've talked about it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And it's finally here. That's right. My favorite sport, the American pastime, is back. Major League Baseball will be resuming sometime in mid to late July. Players are going to report, I believe it's July 1st, for a 60-game yes. season that was not necessarily agreed upon, more more or less forced upon them. Uh, but here we are, and we have a season. And so, Jordan, are you excited about this? Excited? Yes, that is the question that I asked. I don't think I'm excited. I think really? I'm... I Honestly, Jason, I would say I'm indifferent. Um, okay. This, this just whole ordeal with the owners and the players has really just, just spited my view on Major League Baseball um, from here on out, I think. The fact that we had to settle for a 60-game season and we can have people report in one week meaning that we could have had baseball in June. We could have had yeah. baseball May 15th. Um, yeah. It's pretty infuriating. Um, there will all be, always be an asterisk, asterisk on this, this season. Um, the, the, the World Series champion, uh, I, I, in my personal opinion, will not carry as much weight this season as the next. Um, you have to win about 35 games to get into the playoffs. 35 baseball games. Um, mm-hmm. The Orioles can do that. And that looks that, like a two-carried away now, Jordan. And so... They barely win 35 for 160 Well, they were, they were... I looked it up last season, Jason. They were 500 through 60 games. Really? Yes. There are a lot of teams that were very close. Because um, you, you've only played 60 games. You can't have done that bad. Okay? Yeah. Uh, it's the first third of the season. So, to me, uh, this season uh, is just an excuse to have it, and I just, it's, it's just been, the, this whole situation has been so frustrating, and I think, I don't know, I, there's just so much wrong with it, the, the length of the season, in my opinion. One injury, uh, you think about a team like the Yankees, who have the offensive firepower to just about outscore every team. But think yeah. about if one of their starting, you know, top three pitchers, starting pitchers goes down, that is going to yeah. screw them over for 60 games. Uh, they don't have the pitching in terms of needing to win. 
you know, in terms of a 60-game season. This is, you know, for history, since Major League Baseball has done 162 games, they've called it the marathon for a reason. Uh, This is an all-out sprint, and it will be vital, vital for teams to start out very well, um, especially um, teams in competing divisions. Um, I think about the NL Central that has been competitive for years. Yeah, all the way down to the stretch. For years it's been like that. Um, And I I think what's funny for the Yankees as well, um, Herman, who is a pitcher for the Yankees, was suspended for 81 games. He will not be able to play this year at all. Um, So that kind of throws a wrench into the Yankees' plans for this year. Um, And I... It's just, it's just a lot of things that could go absolutely terrible in your first third of the season, like you said, where in other seasons, nobody would be panicking quite yet. Yeah. Um, and what, what also infuriates me, Jason, with his entire problem uh, mm-hmm. has completely put a shadow and kind of cast a blanket over the entire Astros scandal Yes. And that That's and and I point. and I will never forget that. Astros, mm-hmm. Houston, I, I yeah, I'm not done with you yet. And you're lucky for the first 60 games and if you make the playoffs 80 games or whatever you're going to play this season, there's not going to be the fans to heckle you. Uh but as mm-hmm. soon as those fans I, I I assure you on this podcast we will remind everybody of what you've done and so when they go to those stands they won't forget. Um, that, that was ridiculous, uh, what they did and what they were a part of. And we will not forget that. And I most certainly will never forget that. Um, and I, I hate how this, um, pandemic in this just situation with the owners and the players association has completely casted a shadow over that other situation. And so it's, it's all of that is just infuriating to me. I totally agree, and I think when we look back at this season uh, a few years from now, we're going to realize that the Astros were eventually uh, kind of swept under the rug, mm. because if anything, because of this season, it's every other team that is suffering besides the Astros, Right. because right. we already knew that their punishment wasn't large enough for the crime. Uh, AJ Hinch and their general manager were only suspended really for one full season. Right. Which is now and 60 so, games. Which is now 60 games, exactly. And so, pretty much, if you look at it, the Astros are only losing 60 games out of a managerial career. Mm. And well, every team, in essence, is being suspended for a lack of a better way to describe it, suspended for. 102 games right. because of the shortened season. Right. And so, if anything, the Astros benefit from this whole pandemic, this whole delay, and everything that's gone on with it. They benefit more than any other team because now they don't have to play a full season. Any team can be united and turn it on for 60-plus games. Mm. Uh, like you said, the Orioles were 500 through, through 60 games last right. year. The Orioles had no reason of being 500 at any point last season. Well, and that's the thing, Jason, is that baseball, 
require, and that's the funny thing is that, you know, I get frustrated that you have to play 162 games in a season to get, you know, the best teams in the playoffs. But that's the nature of the sport. You you need a marathon to weed out those teams that were hot for a second. Yep. And baseball is all about the hot and cold streaks. Right. And so and it's all about sustainability. Mm-hmm. And then so honestly, and you think about it too, Jason, when you get to the playoffs, it is a winner, you know, it's it's pretty much every game is winner winner go home. At least that's the feeling of it's the feeling of that. In reality, it's not. But managers will do anything that they can um, in terms of substituting maybe a starting pitcher as a reliever, uh, substituting batters more that just have struck out twice in a game. Where as in the regular season, they get them up there and strike out five times to try to get them out of their funk. There is absolutely no room for error in the playoffs, and I think we'll see that more. Maybe even to start the season, maybe even to start the season, because you getting out of the gate. I think the most important ten game stretch of this entire season, hopefully that we'll have in July, starting in July, will be the first ten games. The first ten games will determine who is going to make the playoffs. Because in Jason, in essence, that's thirty some odd games in the in the real season. 10 games is now 30 some odd games. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a large number and you have to start out hot if you're if every game counts really around three and a half games. So 100%. I I completely agree and I, this I want to say this for all those people who have argued for a shortened baseball season. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's your chance to prove to us why that needs to happen. Uh, we we're going to be playing 60 games, and I, I, nobody's happy about that. And so we'll get a taste of what a shortened season looks like. And granted, this is bigger than uh, what most people have argued for in the past. Most people have argued like for an 80 game or a 100 mm-hmm. game season, 120. Uh, but we got we have to settle for 60. And so you better hope if you wanted a shortened baseball season that this works out magnificently right. for these. For these teams. And so, I, I mean, I'm still excited for this season. I know a lot of people aren't. But I, 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 I let, me, let, me, let, me say, let me say this. I'm excited to watch baseball on TV. Okay. I'm excited that live sports is returning. In the same yes. way that I'm excited that even though the Lakers are going to be in the playoffs this year and they're not going to be in Staples Center with a bunch of fans, uh, you know, LeBron winning his his – fourth title i'm still excited to watch it on tv i'm still excited i'm still excited to watch the orioles as much as that hurts to say i'm still excited i didn't know anybody could be excited to watch the baltimore orioles oh it's very possible um but here's the thing i just the shadow that has been cast over the season like i was saying is just so frustrating to me that I it's just hard for me to get on board with the MLB right now. And so I feel like in in their defense of me anything that they do at this point I'm going to throw stones at it. And that's just how I feel. That's completely fair. And they've put themselves in this situation because of the actions that they've taken. 
and they have to suck, deal with the futuristic consequences, the long-term consequences of right. that. And I don't think we'll actually understand that until a few years from now. Right. Uh, but going from one sport that's handled everything terribly to a sport that mm. uh, a lot of people would, would argue has uh, almost been perfect during this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, the NBA, uh, they're returning pretty soon as well. Uh, and you mentioned the Lakers are going to be in the postseason, uh, obviously. But they're going to have to do it without some contributors. Uh, most notably for them, Avery Bradley has decided to opt out. Uh, you look at Portland, Trevor Ariza mm-hmm. has decided to, to uh, opt out of playing the rest of the season. Willie Cauley-Stein for the Mavericks has also announced, along with several others as well. Uh, and so, there's, though there haven't been any major names uh, mentioned, what kind of impact will these opt-outs have on these teams? Well, I mean, it depends, okay? Um, let's let's do them one by one, okay? Okay. So I have a list here. The first okay. one is Trevor Ariza with the Trailblazers. Now, mm-hmm. this is an interesting case because the Trailblazers are now healthy, 100%, and they've been waiting all season to get healthy, and I think they were poised for a stretch run when the season was paused um, because yeah. of the virus. Um but Trevor Rees is old, man. He's old. He's aging. And the players that were healthy were going to take minutes away from him anyway. Um, yeah. I, I honestly don't see how much of a big hit that is. He, his, his entire career, he's, a, he's been a 3 and D player. His 3 this year has been uh, inconsistent, and his D has been even more consistent. So, whatever. Davis Bertans for the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards won't be in the playoff picture and even if they happen to somehow miracle like in a miracle make it as the eighth seed uh they're gonna get uh molly whopped by the bucks okay it's you know it's there's no question about it not that big of a deal avery bradley that and you know i'm a big lakers fan and when i first saw this i was a little frustrated but the the way that he you know came about and explained how his son Liam has a history of uh, just just difficulty with respiratory illnesses. I understand his choosing to not return. So this is in no way uh, a knock on that. If you feel like that this is the best option for your family medically, I completely agree with you. But as for the basketball side... This is this is what I'll have to say. People don't realize that um, the Lakers, uh, seven days before the season was paused, had signed Dion Waiters. Yeah, you know, I completely forgot about Dion that. Waiters is a Laker, <laughs> and they're also looking oh, to gosh. add J.R. Smith and Danny Green oh, and Contavious Caldwell Pope can easily play some more minutes if you it want experienced like you're just guys. the last. Uh, 10 years of Cavaliers basketball on one bench. Really. And so, honestly, personally, I don't think it's as big a hit when you combine the you know the three players they have now, maybe four with the addition of J.R. Smith. Um, but, but in all seriousness, do you really think that both Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, one, on the same team will be a good combo, but two, that they'll even be able to contribute at all? 
I think they'll easily hasn't played in a year and a half. Right. I think that they'll easily be able to contribute the way the Lakers play basketball. J.R. Smith, as much as anybody wants to say, uh, is actually a decent defender. People don't realize that because they don't. They, well, yeah, they don't associate a good defender with somebody that makes boneheaded decisions offensively. Uh, but I think it. I think it speaks miles of volume and just of just maturity for LeBron that the Lakers are even considering signing J.R. Smith. Um, mm-hmm. He's a good basketball player, and I think he surely should have been signed this year. Um, and this is now his opportunity to shine. If, if he wants to play, that's fine. But as for Avery Bradley. Um, the one thing I will say is the last, um, game that they had against the Clippers, he scored, I believe it was 26 points, uh, and all of them were very timely buckets. And he was starting to find his range from outside of which he struggled with his entire career, which was allowing him to play better on the floor. I think people are kind of overreacting because he had a tremendous February and March with the team. Um, but as for the the early season, you know, Danny Green was dominating those minutes at the shooting guard position and the small forward position. Um, uh-huh. Avery is a good defender. I'm not going to take that away from him. But I think the Lakers are deep enough, especially if they add J.R. Smith, to balance those minutes out. And I don't think that they will at, that Avery will be missed as much as people are saying. Who gets more minutes, hypothetically? Oh, Danny J. Green, Smith Danny or Dion Waiters? No, Jr. Okay. or Dion Waiters. I think you have to go with Dion, just because <laughs> Dion Waiters, um, like you said, is more fresh, and on top of that, he's actually been a Laker since March. Uh, Jr. has not, and so there's going to be a little bit more of a learning curve, even though Dion has not technically been on the floor for the Lakers. He has at least been with the organization and working with his teammates, been in practices at least a few times. Um, so he's been around, um, whereas J- like we're speaking hypothetically about J.R. Smith right now. We, we don't even know oh, that absolutely. yet. Um, so that's what I have to say about that. And then the only other um, – active player that has opted out is Willie Cauley-Stein with the Mavericks and he also cited that he will be um, sitting out because of his expected child um, in July and so again that's a a decent decision I'm not going to be upset about that Um, the Mavericks are a 7 seed Um, so if we're Honest about and a crowded Western Conference. So if we're honest about that, um, I I don't see how much that actually affects the landscape. Much less even I don't really see how much that affects their team. They they're pretty deep uh, at the center position. They're not. It's not good depth, but they have depth. Okay. Um, So it's not like they don't have somebody that can play that position. And honestly, as tall as Kristaps is. Uh, this will force him to play a little bit more down low, uh, which I think offensively for them will show in their favor. Now, defensively, that's up to him to at least try, but we'll see about that. And then, of course, DeMarcus Cousins, who is a free agent, uh, was letting uh, let everybody know that he would not pursue joining a team and he would sit out um, if anybody offered him a contract. Okay, do you think... 
hypothetically, several weeks into the playoffs, maybe second round, mm-hmm. do you think we'll see more players decide, nah, this isn't for me? Like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe. Like, do you think we'll see that? I think, no, I don't. I don't. Um, one, uh, I think the NBA was very open and honest with what was happening. Um, these players have had time to read the rules and see what it's like. And it's not like they're going by themselves. Uh, they, their entire team, the team that they spend, the, the, literally co-workers, the, the people that you live with and spend the most time with, are going with you as well. And you're going in pursuit of a championship. This is not the beginning of an 82-game season. Yes. Uh, this is, at minimum, eight games. Eight games. And so I think that's why teams like Washington are even going. And like yeah. the, the Spurs, no chance, in my opinion. No chance of making the playoffs. Um, but still, they're going. They want to hoop, man. They want to hoop. And they want to make a little bit more money. Um, and so I think and also in terms of the social injustice and the things that they are fighting for, uh, this will give them a voice. And so I think that will be very interesting to see if players do. But I wouldn't expect anybody to opt out, um, specifically because they've had this window where they've allowed people to say, okay, I don't think I'm going to come. At least for the teams in the NBA to know. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I, I think it will be interesting, especially once if a player gets diagnosed – Mm-hmm. while they're there, I think that'll create an interesting domino effect mm-hmm. uh, going forward because if one player gets it, we who knows, other people on that team might be like, no, like, this isn't worth it for me. Right. Uh, and so I'm interested to see how all of that will play out. However, um, speaking of player safety, uh, the NFL is kind of hitting maybe their first bump in the road in regards to the coronavirus. Uh, the NFL Player Association's uh, director, DeMaurice Smith, uh, went on the record saying that player workouts, like OTAs, voluntary workouts, uh, put the player's safety in danger. Uh, do you think, Jordan, do you think that's true? Uh, and do you think that this uh, could end up hurting the NFL season? Okay, this, this is what I have to say. This is what I have to say about that. Okay. This virus is not Ebola. This virus does not kill you as soon as you contract it, but it is tricky. It is very tricky because you can spread it without even knowing that you had it. Yes. So I understand where the concern is. I understand where the concern is in players just getting on the field right now. And I think in specifically he was citing Tom Brady um, where he has been meeting with Buccaneers players, wide receivers, tight ends to get acclimated. Even after some people, some players on that team had been tested positive. So I, I get the concern, but listen to this. Okay. You control your own actions. If you are able to say, I don't necessarily think that this is 
worth the risk and go out and throw the football and come home and wash your hands, take a shower, do what you need to do, and then do it again the next day. I don't see what the problem is, personally. So I don't understand how people freak out over this thing because, yes, you may be unknowingly doing this and, and spreading this virus around, but let's not overblow it to the point where people can't go and throw the football and get acclimated with their new team. That It's a risk assessment. So, yeah. okay, okay, I'm, I might be doing this. Maybe, maybe I am... Um, uh, Mike Evans. I'm Mike Evans, new quarterback in town. Uh, and so I'll evaluate. Do I have a small child at home? Is, does my uh, spouse or girlfriend, does she have um, respiratory illnesses? Does my, do, does my immediate circle of people, do they struggle with that? Do the people that they hang around with, does, does my buddy's aunt, who he sees every week, struggle with respiratory illness. Let's not pretend that people don't have brains, okay? <laughs> we are able to risk and assess that. And then also, I can also risk uh, self-assess that, okay, I was out throwing the football today with people that might have the virus. Let me order my groceries instead of going to the grocery store. Let me order my shirts online rather than going out to the outlet mall. There are ways that people can be smart without being told what to do. Yeah. So let's not freak out just yet because this virus isn't killing people as much as it was before. So let's not act like it is something that we need to like lose our minds over before we end up not playing any sports. So I, I just don't, I don't see the, the crazy confusion about that. Yeah, I totally understand. Uh, I hear, I hear the players' side. I hear DeMaurice Smith's argument uh, about player safety and player health. And, and yes, it is important. Uh, but at the end of the day, people are going back to work now, uh, and this is their job, and it's something that they've signed up for, and they do have the right and the ability to make those decisions for themselves. And so, I would say, if I'm the NFL, leave it up to the players. Yeah, um, leave it up to them whether or not they want to show up for make all these like, rookie mini camps and OTAs, make these all voluntary and it's up to them. Absolutely. And that puts the pressure on them. What did they value most? And not necessarily in a bad way or like that they should put football first, but it also shows like who's going to be ready for the season. We saw it with OBJ last year when he skipped uh, voluntary work that workouts, and that was a big story in Cleveland. And then he struggled this year, uh, and so that him skipping those voluntary workouts came back to bite him throughout the year. Uh, maybe not necessarily that was the reason on the field that he was struggling, but a lot of fans and even ownership and, and the general manager, like they could hold that over him. And so for these players, they have to determine if this is something that they want held over them skipping. Right. And sitting out. And I would say a lot of them are going to say no. And it's a shame that we have to be in this situation. But it's the nature of the beast that we're in. Exactly. It's just that I just, I get how the NFL is trying to negotiate as well what happens 
uh, during the mm-hmm. season, this upcoming season, when somebody contracts COVID. And maybe this is not necessarily putting together a good precedent, but I just, I don't see it. I don't see it, Jason. I'm just not there. Well, what we don't see is a break in the action, but unfortunately we have to take some yeah. for both of our vocal cords. Yes. Uh, we're going to come back with uh, one of our, our top second segments, uh, Boiling Hot Takes. Uh, it's coming up next. You're listening to The Walk-On Podcast. Gang, gang, we gonna ride out. Gang, gang, we don't die out. like this ain't no timeouts. Tell me who really gonna find out. And welcome back to this special episode of The Walk-On Podcast. It's really honestly not that special, but... I was gonna say, I think every episode to you is special, Jordan. Well, yeah, we, we just <laughs> love saying that it's special, but either way, um, we're back. Uh, Jason is in Atlanta. I am in good old Suffolk, Virginia. And uh, oh, yeah. we, we've returned after this week hiatus. And Jason, it's time for some boiling hot takes. And I feel like this week is going to be very interesting with our three takes that we have deemed boiling hot. Uh, yeah, I think now we're finally starting to see sports come back. And so, Jordan, it's nice because no longer are we making these claims as hypotheticals, even though... Uh, this whole segment is basically hypothetical. All hot takes are. Right. <laughs> uh, but we're not saying them with uh, with an asterisk of if sports happen. We can at least now say that when sports happen, this will happen. For those of you who don't necessarily understand the segment in general, uh, basically Jordan and I have come up with three extremely, extremely controversial hot takes that uh, we are going to hold our ground on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we will discuss each other's hot takes after the claim has been made. So, Jordan, do you want to start out, or do you want me to start out? No, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my first boiling hot take is that the Lakers will still win the championship this season without Avery Bradley. And honestly, personally, I don't think it's going to be that close or that big of a difference. And we and we touched that a little bit when we were talking about Avery Bradley earlier. Um, mm-hmm. The Lakers, with LeBron, will find a way to win the championship. Uh, and I, I just don't see, even with this loss, um, how that's going to you know affect them in any kind of s- severely negative sense. That's surprising that you went with the Lakers, who are, you know, the second best record in the NBA. Yeah. Definitely a boiling hot take there. Boiling. Way to, so hot. Way to just lead us off. Right well, there. I mean, wow. based on how the media, <laughs> based on how the media reacted after Avery Bradley said he was not playing, I figured that would be like the equivalent of Kawhi Leonard not playing. You know, I just the way they reacted was just crazy. So, to be fair, the uh, I haven't been on uh, media, social media much at all this past week, so. Gotcha. I haven't seen any of the reactions, so yeah, uh, I, I can't talk too much into that. But my bowling hmm. hot take it, it it actually does involve the Lakers. Okay, uh, and so um, it's a two parter. Oh wow, it's a three parter. It's a three parter bowling hot take. Oh man, <laughs> big time. Part one is the Lakers will sign J.R. Smith. Okay, that's not super crazy. Mm-mm. The second one is J.R. Smith will have more minutes. Than Dion Waiters. Okay. And the third part about that is J.R. Smith will average between 15 to 20 minutes a game mm. with the Lakers. I like and that. And I say this because I, I, 
I've been able to watch LeBron throughout his whole career. Yeah. And one thing that I've known and noticed about him is that he trusts the people that he trusts. And wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. He, he trusts the people that he trusts. No, I, yeah, it sounds. Do you hate the people that you hate, Jason? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen, why do you think Deion Waiters wasn't on the Cavs after like 2014? Okay, yeah. It was because of LeBron. Yeah. And so I, I get what you're saying, but just the way you said it was hilarious. I know, but you didn't even give me a chance. I know, but it was funny. <laughs> and I'm sure this is going to be the title of our episode. You trust the people that you trust. Oh, that, no doubt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and trust the people that you trust in millionaires will probably be the title of our episode. But, yes. Uh, yeah, so my point is LeBron and Dion already have a, a bad history together. Yeah. And if there's anybody that holds a grudge in the NBA, it's LeBron James. We saw him mm. hold grudges against a ton of people, including all of the Cavs' ownership, and it took him forever to work that through. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, there's a chance that they've mended things and things have gotten better, uh, but the J.R. Smith issue, I mean, there was never really any controversy there. And so mm. LeBron James trusts him. He likes him. He knows his playing style. They mesh well together, which is surprising coming from J.R. Smith. But right. I think that plays in his favor. Uh, if LeBron James is on your side, you're going to get minutes. And right. So I, it would not surprise me at all if JR's averaging 15 plus minutes a game in the postseason. Let me, let me, let me just uh, dive deeper into the signing of Deion Waiters real quick. Yes. Talking about LeBron James trusting the people he trusts. Think about this: LeBron James does not trust Rajon Rondo. Okay. Yes. Somebody needed to be signed for the Lakers as a playmaker so that LeBron doesn't have to be on the court 24-7. And that's what that signing was about. Now, okay. J.R. Smith's signing, uh, we don't want the ball in J.R. Smith's hands unless he's shooting the rock from deep or catching an oop, okay? 3 and D type player now in, his, in this level of his career. I am just thinking about now a lineup of LeBron... J.R. Smith, Danny Green, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard. Who's scoring on that? And having two wing, consistent wing scorers in terms of shooting with LeBron driving the rock, I am excited about that. And so I'm saying all that to say Dion is going to get a lot of minutes as a primary ball handler and playmaker when LeBron's off the floor. So I think that um, J.R. Smith is going to play a lot with LeBron, meaning that he will average some minutes. He will get minutes. But I think Dion uh -huh. is going to get just about the same amount of minutes. Because remember, you're, you're losing another player. And I think Rajon Rondo's minutes are going to decrease tremendously. I would agree. But there's a reason this is called boiling hot takes, Jordan. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let me go. Let me go with no, my... Let's see if you can raise the bar a little bit more. Oh, well, uh, I'm going to try. Um, my boiling hot take, and I'm going to have to kind of break this down a little bit for a second. Okay. Uh, it just simply says, four words, baseball will not recover. Now, okay. what, I, what I mean by that is um, it, it's kind of in a threefold deal. I don't think baseball will recover 
in the terms of fans, I think American football has clearly overtaken as the most popular sport in America. And I think the NBA is on the rise. And I also think under the radar, the NHL and MLS are on the rise. The only sports league in America that's trending down is the XFL. And that's because they stopped and the MLB. Okay. And the second portion of this baseball will never recover between its trust between Rob Manfred and the players. It will never recover. There is there was no trust in the beginning, and at, throughout this process there was no trust, and that, and there's definitely no trust now. I completely agree. We I think everyone realizes that Rob Manfred is is just a, a pawn for the owners. Yep. Uh, he works yep. for them. He doesn't work for the players. Yep. And in a sense, like most commissioners do, Roger right. Goodell works for the owners. Yep. Uh, but I think more so in baseball because of the power that ownership yields in the sport i think i think yes and, and we might touch this later so but i'm not going to touch that yet and then the, in the last um portion of that those two combined baseball will never recover financially i think mm. with you, you think about the nfl expanding to these great big arenas and, and great big stadiums i think you'll see the mlb start to transition to something smaller and and some smaller markets wow I really, I don't see how they recover from this. Um, they have just lost respect, and you don't just get respect back overnight, especially with sports that are just booming um, with popularity. And it's just going to be a very sad stumble down the stairs uh, from what baseball used to be. What plays in their favor is the fact that the players strike in the 90s uh, didn't hurt them long term. And so though I agree with you that baseball may never recover in some areas, I, I do think we are kind of missing the historical uh, ties to some of this. That okay. strikes and uh, lockouts, uh, people have, uh, I mean, people have memories, but they have short-term memories in a lot of instances. Okay. And so I do think you give it a year. Okay. Uh, you, I mean, you give it a, maybe two years. And I do think baseball will be fine. Mm. I, I don't think it'll ever be. It's not going to be the giant that it ever was in the 1950s, and right. 60s, and stuff like that. I, I don't think. I think those days are long gone. Um, but I do think. I don't think baseball will ever drop out of the three hole as mm. far as top three sports in America, mm. um, just based on its size, its historical significance. Well, Jason, I, I'd have to dis. I, I'd have to disagree with you in that because. I think one of the reasons that the NHL, and I think a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but I think the NHL is doing a, a, a decent job in diversity and trying to uh, incorporate all races in their sport. Um, and I think they have some pretty good ad- current player advocates for that. Um, I can't think of one Major League Baseball player that's an advocate for diversity in in baseball that would go out of their way to make sure that that was known. Um, and if the NHL, the hard part is, I, I just think that if the if the NHL continues to trend upward and the MLB continues to trend downward, there's got to be at some point there's got to be either a turnaround for baseball or the NHL is just going to fly right ahead of it. 
Jordan, I, I think that's a moot point, though, because baseball is the most diverse sport in America. Other than maybe the MLS, there are more races represented in the sport of baseball than in any other sport. Okay, that may uh, be true of the, the people in the field, but what about the stands and the people watching at home? That's what, that's, I, that's what I'm that's talking about. That's a different argument. That's what I'm that talking fair, about. That's a different argument. Okay. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Well, so for my second one, my second boiling hot take is it kind of – I'm not going to say which sport, but one of the three major U.S. sports will halt their season again. Mm. And so I don't know whether that's going to be football, basketball, or baseball, but one of them is going to halt their season again due to the coronavirus. Mm. and. If I had to guess, it's going to be the NFL. I would say, uh, since they're the only ones that haven't made any adjustments yet, that they're going to be the ones that down the road are going to have to make the most I just feel like the calendar does not help them at all. Yes, because there's supposed to be a rebound right. of cases. I think, if they started, I think if they started the season next week, they could— They would be fine. They'd be fine. But they would have had to done a lot of legwork to get that done, and uh, clearly, obviously, that it's not happening. So, it, you know, it's just a lot, a lot to go down, a lot to go down. Yeah, I totally agree. I, but I, I definitely, if I had to pick, I'd say the NFL will have to suspend their season for a little while this coming year. Mm-hmm. Jordan, your third and final boiling hot take. All right, I personally think that through all of this that we will not have a college basketball season this coming year and just like we were just talking about with the rebound and everything that's supposed to happen statistically if the nfl gets suspended there is no way on god's green earth that the ncaa football will continue and if NCAA football, with all its money, cannot continue, then there is no way that basketball will be able to continue. Mm-hmm. And so, going by the numbers, if that's what happens, I, and I think that might be what happens, uh, there, will, there will not be college basketball this season. That's a, I, honestly, Jordan, I would agree with you on that boiling hot take. I, I think it's going to be hard for any college sports to continue this year. And that kind of plays I, into my third I, and final one. Well, just, to, just hold on. Just one more point about that. I think it helps that the NBA actually delayed the start of their next season because they won't have to make a decision about anything until late November. Think yeah. about all that time that they'll be able to evaluate and, and touch on that. So there's still a chance that we have the NBA. Um, but for a normal college season, I, I don't see it. Don't see it at all. Totally fair. Uh, but so college actually plays into my next hot take. And honestly, Jordan, this may be my biggest hot take. Mm, I'm ready for uh, it. That I've ever made. And so I, I, I know this one's going to come back to bite me. I know it. And I can hear Max Harvey yelling at me. Uh, through the phone, and I know he's not there, but I can just picture him. Nick Saban will retire or be fired from Alabama within the next five years. You gotta be kidding, dude. That is my boiling hot take. Jason, no. 
now. Yes. Now, Bob. He, his age, he's getting up there. He's accomplished everything that he's needed to to cement his legacy. Uh, they missed the postseason this past year for the first time. And honestly, it could be a continued trend because LSU keeps getting better. For for those Ohio of you State for those of you that better. thought that my voice got way deeper, actually Max Harvey is with me right now. This is Max, and so he's here to react to Jason's boiling hot take. Okay, couple no. things for you, Bob. Um, first of which, you said the word <laughs> fired. That is literally impossible. The University of Alabama will never, ever, ever fire Nick Saban. <laughs> He's lovingly referred to as Saint Nick in the state of Alabama. And um, the only way I could ever see Nick Saban retiring within the next three to five years is if Alabama wins a championship or two in within that time span. Like Nick Saban, yes, he's getting up there. He's like 70 or 71 as of now. But he is just like, he's got more time left than that. And he sure as heck isn't going to get fired. I can promise you that. Fired is the stretch. Retired is a possibility. And, and that's the point of bowling hot takes, though. Am I right? It's to make a claim that seems preposterous. But I also was the one who said back uh, in the fall that Alabama would lose twice in the regular season and not make the college football playoff. And guess he was right on that. Well, hold on, I'm, Jason. You were also the so, one that said so, that so, Devontae so, Adams Jordan. is not a top 10 wide receiver. So, so Jordan... <laughs> My point is, every other team is continually getting better. LSU, leaps and bounds better. Ohio State, leaps and bounds better. Clemson, leaps and bounds better. Heck, Michigan's had a great recruiting class. Uh, North Carolina has had a great recruiting class. They're going to be top 10 in the next couple years. Oh, they'll be top 10 this year, Jason. Don't worry about that. Are you saying so that Alabama's like getting worse? Because they're not. And LSU, like, they had the team of the century. I promise you, if they lose more than three games, I would not be shocked. LSU is not going to be, like, even close to the team that they were. They lost just a ridiculous amount of players on that national championship team. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Okay, so how is Alabama getting worse? staying the same, they're getting worse. They're not getting any better. They don't sure? have the number one recruiting class in the nation anymore like they used to have every single year. Okay, but and number two is still pretty decent. recruits everywhere else. And so I can see, I'm not saying they're not going to win another championship in the next year or two. And I agree with you that if they win one, he'll retire. And that's the point I'm trying to make. If they win another championship, Nick Saban, he'll retire. He's got nothing left to prove. He's but got nothing left. The way I see it, Jason, the way I see it, Jason, is he doesn't have anything else to do but coach. What else is he going to do? He's not going to sit up there like Mac Brown did after retirement and be on ESPN. And guess what happened to Mac Brown? He went back to coaching because he got bored. These did guys I are going to be coaches for life until they literally did cannot coach. Say, did I ever say that he wouldn't come back? You didn't. That's correct. That's true. And so my point is, he will retire, and he might come back, and that's totally possible. And I'm sure that when he retires, much like Urban Meyer, every team is going to be reaching out to him. 
mm. and say, hey, why don't you come out here? And eventually he'll get back there. And he has worked with ESPN in the past. And so I could see him working on college game day on Saturday morning uh, for a couple for a season or two before he comes back. But I do think right. that the reign of him at Alabama will be over within the next five years. Well, Jason, I'm just really glad that Max was here with me <laughs> to react to your boiling hot takes. So with that said, we will take our, our final break of this episode and come back with your favorite segment, our yes. favorite segment. What grinds your gears is next. You're listening to the Walk On Podcast. This way, but y'all won't need to try this. So it's no way around it. You the loudest one is good. Quiet. Welcome back into another episode of the Walk On Podcast. We are in the home stretch out in our favorite segment, Jordan. Everyone knows it by now. It's world famous. I saw it on a billboard. Mm. Um, I, it's, it's everywhere. It's what grinds your gears. And Jordan, I'm excited. It's been a while since I've been able to announce what grinds my gears. Well, with that said, why don't you go ahead and go first? Yeah, I'd be glad to because I, I'm going to call out Sonic. Oh, baby. I can't wait for this one. So, I, I recently, as everyone knows by now, uh, I moved down to Atlanta. And I was really craving some ice cream last night, actually. So, Saturday night. Okay. And so, me and my friends, uh, we drove through Sonic to get some milkshakes. And we weren't the only car in the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. But when we finally got to the like little voice box thing, we waited for 10 minutes before somebody came on. Did you press the button? 10, 10 minutes. No, and I'm not saying like in the spot. Like this is through the drive-thru. Oh, I see. Like so there's somebody manning that the whole time. Oh, my. But they refused to pick up our order. And then, and then, Jordan, here's where it gets really frustrating is they tried to overcharge me after all of that mm. they tried to give me and make me pay for things that i didn't even order and then they got mad when i said i didn't order that you have no right to complain about a customer only wanting the food that he ordered when you didn't even pick up the stinking drive through for 10 minutes mm. you have no right to complain no. No right to right. Jordan, well, what grinds your gears? Jason, I this is I think this is less what grinds my gears than it is uh what embarrassed me most today. <laughs> today oh I'm not even kidding. I went to church this morning. Hope you went to church too, everybody, you know, get some I did. I watched it online because of Oh, you didn't COVID. go to church then. You I, I, have, I don't know what churches are open in Atlanta. Well, you should do some research, regardless. Well, the guy I'm living with is a youth pastor at a church, and his church is online, so I watched it online with him. Boo. Anyway, um, just as long as you're, yeah, just it's fine. It's whatever. Um, but anyway, I, I was leaving church, and I noticed that there was a, a sheet of paper on my car. And okay. I was a little bit confused because I was in a legal parking spot and I was like, there's no way I got a ticket. So what is this? So I, I hop out of the car again. I grab it out of the, the windshield wipers and I look at it and I'm not joking, Jason. I will send you a picture of this later, but it says, oh boy. you're cute. Call me. No, 
No. And it had a no. number at the bottom of the sheet of the paper. No. But here's what grinds my gears about that, Jason. Oh, boy. Guess how they spelled your. Y-O-U-R. Oh, no. No. <laughs> like, as if, like, I could, like, possess cute. Like, you're cute. <laughs> And what even grinded my gears more is I called the number, and they didn't answer, and they don't have a voicemail. Did you text them? I did not text them, but it's a landline. It's a landline? Yes, which what is even more concerning. What kind of woman left you a note? I know. I have no idea. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, I don't know what is going on with you, but it sounds like uh, you've reached... Uh, you're really starting to strike a nerve with some of the cougars out there. Uh, maybe. Something. Try I don't know. I'm a little concerned for you. If you need uh, help or you need to run away from some of these uh, elderly people, yes. uh, just let me know. <laughs> okay. I'll be sure to take that under consideration. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. So that's all the time that we have here today. Thank you for joining us on this amazing episode of the Walk On Podcast. Thank you to Max Harvey for jumping in. Uh, spontaneously and surprising me uh, with the fact that he was actually in the room. Um, I was hoping, I knew I could hear him through the phone. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had that sense, that feeling. And yeah. uh, if and, and Jordan, you can confirm. Max, you can confirm this as well. I did not know that you were actually there, correct? No, you had no idea. Yeah. I, I did yeah. not mention this to you I, before. I just heard Alabama and Nick Saban. I was like, what the frick is he about to say? Yeah, I was, I was, I looked right at him as soon as you said Alabama. I was like, "This is gonna be awesome," because you're gonna get so surprised. <laughs> oh, that's oh, absolutely man. amazing! So, thank you for that special guest appearance from Max Harvey. Uh, but we will be back next week with another episode. Thank you guys for tuning in for Jordan Riddick. I'm Jason Bro. You've been listening to the Walk On Podcast. Tick, tick, boom.